This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It's always great on a Thursday, and great to have you all along with us for the Black and Blue Report. No Appointment Radio is ready to go, and we've got a good one for you today. Voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson with us. It's his weekly visit. No preview Saints and Titans uh, this weekend. And to help on the other side of uh, the Titans-Saints uh, situation is Corey Curtis from WKRN, ABC2 in Nashville. We're getting close and close now. And uh, John Shazer is in studio. will be with us here. Daniel Salerson, of course. And... Uh, I'm ready for another Saints win this weekend. I think everybody else is, too. Uh, I'm not ready for more rain in the forecast. That would make three straight weekends. And uh, I'm certainly ready for a Pelicans win. So we've got a lot of things here on tap as we kind of sit on the precipice of another busy sports weekend for our teams here on Airline Drive. We'll hear from the Pelicans a little bit later in our show. Uh, but, J.D., uh, welcome in, first of all. Always good to be here. Thank you, sir. I tried and tried and tried last night to stay up to watch the end of the Warriors-Clippers game. I, I didn't make it. it either. I didn't, uh, you know, they just, I'm telling you, this is what we should do in America, okay? There's a three-hour time difference between the East Coast and the West Coast, yes, right? Sir. Just split it down the middle and make everybody in that, like, in that gap, all, everybody have the same time. That's my solution. Yeah, but then the sun's going to set and rise and... Everybody will, you'll adjust. It'll happen. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think this is this where this was going to go today. <laughs> Oh, I know, but I can't. Uh, when they're playing, I mean, when they're tipping at nine o'clock and finishing at you know eleven thirty or whatever it is, I you can almost count me out. Every now and again, when they tip at six on the East Coast, which means the game will finish at eight thirty. If they get an eight thirty tip on the West Coast, that still runs you to what eleven ish. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm old man. I I just I can't hold. I can't hang out like that. Now. You're not the only one. And when we're out west, it feels like you're in a whole different world. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. Like the whole everybody else's day is done and you're still just kind of ramping yeah. up. You're so. Just dragging, man. Just dragging. Well, not the not the Warriors though. They're now five and zero. How about that? Uh, Clippers took their first loss last night. I think there was a seventeen point spread in the first half, and I thought, well, here we go again. Now they're gonna blow out the Clippers. Are you serious? Well, it was much tighter than that, and it ended up being a very close game down to the finish. So um Warriors winners last night. Bradley Beal game winner last night in the NBA. The NBA kind of took center stage last night, I mean, for the first time in a while, because thankfully we don't have Wednesday night football yet in the NFL yeah, and the World say, Series. NCAA played a game last night. Somebody, somebody in Division One played last somebody. night. Somebody. I can't yeah. even remember who. Anyway, the NBA had the stage last night. NFL back tonight, the battle for Ohio, Browns and Bengals. Johnny football. He's back. He's back. So Josh is hurt. Josh McCown is hurt, right? Josh McCown is injured. I think he got injured the same way Reggie Bush did. Sliding on the concrete. Sliding on the concrete, and I think he banged his shoulder. Yep. I don't know what Reggie did. Reggie fell on the keister, but whatever it is he did, I think he's done for the season. Well, at that at that not-so-great facility up in St. Louis, um, unlike at the Dome. So, like, at the Dome, when you look down at the field this Sunday, you'll see what I'm talking about. The Dome's turf goes all the way to the wall. Yeah. In St. Louis, because it's a part of their convention center and everything else, there's this stoppage of turf and then the concrete floor, which the Dome has the same thing. The concrete is underneath that turf, I promise you. Yeah. I know you've probably seen if you've been to any kind of Endymion event or anything else, but at least here, the turf goes all the way to the wall. In St. Louis, the turf stops, and then there you've got probably a good 
six feet of concrete between the turf and the and he's the like wall. That. I mean, Reggie was. I mean, talk about on skates. He slid a while. Yeah. So. Anyway, back to the Thursday night football game. If the yeah. Bengals don't win tonight, they'll stay undefeated, right? Yeah, they'll stay yeah. undefeated. But if they if they can't beat them, I don't know what. They, well, it's a rivalry game. It man. is a rivalry, get a rivalry game. game and Dalton's and not so good at night. Yeah, I know, and then Johnny Johnny football might play the game of his life. You just never know. And your boy Geno Smith is back on the bench. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he should be. Yeah, he, he should last be. week you told me, hey, Geno Smith, baby. Oh, I sure did. That, yeah. that tells you how much I, reg- I and got. He's, reg- and, he's, <laughs> and he's now he's back on the bench. He's now back on the bench in favor of a guy who's got a torn ligament in one of his hands. Well, at least this is non-throwing. <laughs> so the NFL weekend starts tonight. Pelicans are back at it tomorrow night. Uh, they'll wrap up the homestand against the Atlanta Hawks. And we're talking about a busy weekend. Yeah, it's Friday versus Hawks for Pelicans. Friday, or Saturday at Dallas for the Pelicans. Sunday at home versus the Titans. Okay, my friend, uh, I brought you in today. I need some help getting up to speed. I know Tim Hightower's back. But there have been some transactions in the last 24 to 48 hours that I need your help on. All righty. So Tim Hightower is back. Also signed linebacker Mike Muhammad and receiver T.J. Graham, who's been in and out like a carousel. Waived fullback Austin Johnson and safety Akeem Davis. Uh, running back Kyrie Robinson has gone to injured reserve. We knew that was going to happen. Released from the practice squad, Sammy Steamster signed to the practice squad. Cornerback Brandon Dixon, who happens to be Brian's twin. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Anything notable from yesterday with Drew speaking and whatnot? Uh, not necessarily. Um, guys, uh, I guess the notable thing is that David Hawthorne returned to practice. Uh, but Michael Maudie, who had to finish up against uh, New York, might have to play some in the base defense. Muhammad might have to play some. Julon Dunbar, who's been around a half a second, might have to play some in the base as well as the uh, sub-packages. So the Saints linebacking core. The, the linebackers look like the, like the defensive secondary looked. A while ago, when right. just about no starter was healthy, and I, let's not forget how Kakaha uh, left the game and also did not practice yesterday, and he might be a little touch and go for the game too. And how Kakaha has been one of the top rookies uh, in the league, I would venture to say, with four sacks and three fumble, forced fumbles. So Saints are missing a lot of production at linebacker if some um, if some of those guys can't go. And Ramon Humber left the game; he right. was he was a, a, a starter replacement as an injury, and he left the game. So. You know, they've got some uh, some issues there, which is why they went out and signed Mike Muhammad, I'm sure. Yeah. Keenan Lewis was a full go, though, wasn't he? Keenan was a full okay. go. Keenan says he feels like a rookie again uh, in terms of his body. I thought he was going to have to wait until the bye week, actually, and have some time off. But he, he went and got – he went and threw some therapy. Now, he was explaining it, and I couldn't tell you what it was. We'd have to pull up the tape for it. But whatever it is, he feels pretty good about it. Um, I said he feels like a rookie. He's got his uh, he's got his change of direction and all his explosion back. So he's got to get back in football shape because he basically has not played in what eight weeks or so yeah, because he's been, been yeah he's been a part time guy and he had the surgery and he hadn't done anything. So he's got to get back in football shape. But he says he feels great. Okay, let's see how it goes. You're back in the locker room this afternoon, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right, we'll look for that on NewOrleansSaints.com. John also has a great piece out now uh, regarding Benjamin Watson. And we're going to have Benjamin in the studio next week. He's got the book coming out later this month, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, what a significant piece of this win streak he has been. And uh, you can find John's piece on that at NewOrleansSaints.com. Voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson in just a moment. We'll also take you up to Nashville, get the latest on the Titans, and a touch of Pelicans news and notes for you when we uh, wrap up our show on this Thursday. 
Join your New Orleans Pelicans on Friday, November 6th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center as the Atlanta Hawks face off against your New Orleans Pelicans. Come out and celebrate Pierre's Fraternity Party, where the kids can get autographs and pictures taken with their favorite local mascots. Tickets start as low as $16 for this fun-filled family event. So don't miss out on any of the action and call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It's Thursday, so that means it's Jim Henderson. It's kind of like Meet the Press on Sunday, but it's only Thursday. Jim, welcome in, first of all. Well, Sean, thank you very much. Pleasure to be with you once again. Yes, the voice of the Saints with us here. And I, and I heard a, uh, a, a promo on the radio on my way to work this morning, Jim, uh, involving your partner. It was a, it was a promo promoting Hokie Gaijan. And the line he says in the promo, and that is, uh, working on working with Jim Henderson on Sundays is like eating an elephant. You just got to take a little bit at a time. What what in the world is that? I have no idea. Uh, I really don't know. In the past, he said, um, working with me, I'm Gladys Knight, and he's just one of the pips in the background. But uh, <laughs> it's not always easy to understand what Hokey's saying. And believe me, I know that since having worked with him since 2000. But he's—I think he's probably trying to be nice because he's a great, wonderful guy. Yes, he really is, and, and he does have great analogies. Um, what is your favorite, though? There's got to be a hokey line that made you probably spit your coffee out or lose track of who was on the field. Something. There had to be a day that that happened. Well, I think the, one of his many classics I heard early on. I think this was 2000. The Saints with Aaron Brooks as the quarterback. We were playing out in San Francisco. And uh, he took a snap, and he was being rushed from one side, so he did a 360, then he went to the other side and did a 360, and then he might have done one more 360. And Pokey said he's running around down there like a sprayed roach. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a true original right there. Does, it, does he ever, like, when you go to commercial break, say, I heard that, you know, so-and-so say that I had to use it, or is it all his stuff? I think it's all his stuff. You know, he travels in a different circle than I do. So a lot of it's country stuff and uh, stuff he hears from his friends, from Baker and the people that he went to LSU with and the people he hunts with. So he's a pretty original guy. He's a wonderful guy, very, very loyal, extremely loyal. Somehow I'm not surprised that the story involved Aaron Brooks, but that's a whole other show. We'll do that some other time. Um, Jim and Hokey, obviously on the call for Saints and Titans this Sunday on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. And here are the Saints, Jim. Do we dare say they're rolling right now as we head into November? I think you'd have to say that. 
Uh, they're rolling, and the Titans are reeling, so it should be an interesting matchup. Why are they rolling? Give me your, your, give me your analysis on what's turned around here for the Saints. Well, I think um, they're maturing as a team, particularly on defense, although the statistics don't truly uh, recognize that. Drew is certainly on a roll, having recovered from that shoulder problem. I mean, just look as recently as last Sunday against the Giants. Uh, they're getting a pretty much a, a complimentary offense with Mark Ingram on his way to perhaps a 1,000-yard rushing season. Uh, they're doing a better job in the turnover differential. They're minus one right now, but um, that's much better than minus 13 a year ago. So I think all those things. When you look back on Sunday's win over the New York Giants, first of all, did you charge WWL and the Saints time at a half? And, and number two, did you leave the building super encouraged about where things are going, or were there still some concerns? Well, you look at that defense, anytime you give up six touchdown passes, I think you have to be concerned, and yet when you score seven of your own, uh, I think you have to be pretty much fortified in your belief that this offense is really coming around under Drew. So, And the way they won, I think Drew pointed that out this week, that in the past where they might have lost a game like that, uh, anytime you have success winning down the stretch and you come from behind and do the things necessary to win a tight game, I think it fortifies you. Uh, that was that was a classic. I mean, I was talking with John Snell, one of my contemporaries at Fox 8 this week, and he said, where would you rank that one, and having done the Saints since uh, 1986? I said, you know, it'd probably have to be in the top five, six, maybe seven at the worst, because I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again. Was it extra special because of all the New Orleans flavor on the Giants' side? Yeah, and all, how many of them contributed to the outcome of the game. I mean, Eli, I thought, was fantastic. Um, uh, Odell, uh, Odell Beckham just was tremendous. Uh, you had even Brad Wing contributed to the eventual Saints victory. You had Reuben Randall. You had their tight end, uh, Donnell. So there were so many guys coming home who uh, played integral parts in that game, for better or for worse. I just thought it was terrific. Was the win costly in any way? And what I'm referring to, Jim, is there were several key injuries coming out of Sunday. Well, let's see. Damian Swan, I know, is probably not going to play this week with, with a concussion again. I think that's his second. Uh, other guys who were hurt, I guess we'll have to wait till later in the week. I can't think of anybody in specific, um, although obviously Kyrie Robinson, mm -hmm. but, and he's gone for the year. But um, I think his absence can be uh, pretty much shored up, I think, by C.J. Spiller. I'm also interested in seeing Hightower. We saw him up in West Virginia. And, He'll come in in good shape and ready to play and knowledgeable of the, of the offense as a veteran. So I don't think there'll be a huge fall off there. You know, Kyrie Robinson was, was pretty much a complimentary piece, too, um, especially down inside the 10. It seems like that's where they were using him the most. But uh, his absence will be felt. And that was a gruesome injury if you had um, misfortune to see that close up. It was a, a gruesome compound fracture of his lower leg. From what I hear, you know, I was with a, a doctor last night at dinner, and he said, actually, uh, that can be, with a clean break, an injury that is perhaps easier to come back from uh, than perhaps a, a torn ACL or um, MCL or um, Achilles tendon. So let's hope that that's the case. Yeah, it all depends on what gets damaged around it. You're right about that. Um, Tim Hightower's story is great, isn't it? I mean, we talked about it during the preseason, and you, and you kind of almost had to root for him to make the opening day roster so you could complete the story. Well, now we're going to do just that in November, aren't we? Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, he is a tremendous story. Uh, Saints fans go back with him all the way to his days with the Cardinals in that playoff game and 
Um, I think everybody was impressed with what he was doing in West Virginia. And then he made the opening day roster, was taken off it, put back on it, uh, shuffled around, um, which which happens, I guess, when you're a veteran making that kind of money. And um, the Saints have, have been able to do that with certain players. But, yeah, it's great to have him coming back. I think he'll, I think he'll do well in this role. So those are the rolling Saints. You mentioned the reeling Titans. What should we know about Tennessee? <laughs> well, um, they're only scoring 18 points per game. That's 31st in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Saints are allowing 29 points per game. That's 30th. Uh, they've lost the Titans have 16 of their last 17 games, but yet they're only a game and a half out in the AFC South. That's how bad that division is. They've only scored 23 total points in their last three games. And, of course, obviously they changed head coaches this week, and I can't imagine that's gotten a lot of people excited back in, in Nashville. Markey's record as a head coach is 16-32. and 32. He's with the Bills for a couple of years, and then at Jacksonville, he was hired there in 2014, I believe it was, or perhaps earlier than that. It must have been earlier than that. But he was uh, at Jacksonville. He was one year into a three-year contract and fired after a 2-14 and 14 season. So... Uh, I don't see a great opportunity to turn this group around with these players. And uh, sometimes you get a, a short-term jolt built by a coaching uh, change. You saw that in Miami. Then I think eventually uh, talent or lack thereof plays out. So uh, they may be a little bit more inspired with the head coaching change, but I wouldn't expect it to be a lasting difference. And yet earlier this week, Scott Shanley threw up the uh, flag of caution, not to be Denny Downer here, but – uh, of course, uh, Scott uh, wanted everyone to remember the 0-8 St. Louis Rams that uh, huh. kind of took the air out of the Saints' balloon a few years back. Yeah, I would think, too, you know, obviously that that's the, the big task for Sean this week is to bring everybody back down to earth, especially the young players coming off a victory like that. And I would think that what they would probably do is, is look back to the beginning of this season. You know, this is a Titans team that went to Tampa and took on Jameis Winston with the famous matchup between first and second pick quarterbacks in the first round. <laughs> they beat Tampa there 42-14. to Then, as you'll recall, Tampa comes here the next week and beats the Saints 26-19. Now, even though the Titans have lost six straight since that opener, I'm sure that's something that will be pointed out this week. Okay, Counselor, before we get to the uh, summation of our, uh, our uh, project here, uh, one more thing. We've seen a fake field goal work in your favor. We saw a flea flicker pass work in your favor during this win streak. Um, what's next for the Saints? Do we see more razzle-dazzle this week, or are you willing to uh, predict something for us? <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that. I think it's uh, all a part of what <clears throat> Sean has talked about, being more aggressive, and I think we've seen that in a number of ways. So, um, yeah, I mean, you could probably see something uh, a, a bit of a surprise just uh, if they stay with the the idea that they're going to be aggressive in all situations, and they've proven to be that during their, their current streak. Uh, I wanted to leave you with one one note, one note of history that you might enjoy, okay? Please, please, yes. Well, back in, this was 1999. When did you get here? I moved to New Orleans in 2002. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, back in 1999, this is the Mike Ditka year. And the Titans came to the Dome and won 24-21. But the thing that were a couple of standout uh, memories of that one, the Saints were up 10 nothing at the end of the half, coming into halftime. The Saints are driving at the, begin- at the end of the first half. They're up 10 nothing, And they got down into short yardage inside uh, the 10-yard line, I believe. And 
the tight ends coach at the time <clears throat> time was Larry Q. Herrick, who was the brother of Bill, the Saints general manager. And in short yardage down close in the red zone, with time running down, uh, he called for jumbo, jumbo, meaning that he wanted the Saints three tight end package on the field to uh, perhaps put the ball in the end zone or to convert short yardage. The only problem was uh, the Saints only had two tight ends available that day. They only had two active. So in calling Jumbo Jumbo and everybody's looking around for a third tight end that was never there, the Saints were unable to get off another play, even to kick a chip shot field goal. They went to the halftime locker room ahead 10-0. But everybody in the Dome was booing the coaching staff and booing the indecision as the Saints went off. Mike Ditka, who was the head coach of the team, walked off the field and grabbed his crotch to the fans. Probably the first time that's ever happened when a team is being booed uh, while leading 10 nothing and pitching a shutout in the first half. Well, the Saints would go on to lose that game, and as Mike Ditka exited the field after a 24-21 defeat and the Saints fans are booing him heartily, he flips them off. So he grabs his crotch to the fans at the end of the first half, and then he flips them off, leaving the field at the end of the second half. And I think it was Pete Finney had a great line. He said, who said that Mike Ditka can't make second-half adjustments? Wow. All the way down to the Pete Finney comment. That's the best story. And you know what? The Saints never fined him for that. The NFL fined him, but this was in such disarray, and people were so afraid of Mike, and they were so timid in other areas of the team. The Saints never never uh, fined him for either of those things, and it was the NFL who had to come in and, and fine Ditka uh, in the league's behalf for those two gestures. Holy cow. I remember it. I remember it. I just didn't remember that it was against the Tennessee Titans, which is yeah. perfect perfect cap to our conversation and yet you can still find mike ditka on national television talking about the national football league yeah and doing other things as well i'm sure you've uh, you've seen that recently uh-huh. the things that have happened to him at espn so yes yeah, i'll tell you what i have all and i've been with around this team for the, the 78 and, and fairly closely since 1980 that was the worst era i can ever recall for the saints was the ditka era it was just a mess total mess 1999 right yeah, okay. he was there 97, 98, 99. You were probably ready for New Year's to be as predicted when we made the flip to the year 2000 after that football season. Yeah, I, I think I told you that story <laughs> recently, too, didn't I? That yes. That was in Carolina, the Millennium game, when he didn't know why the Panthers were running up the score against him and vowed revenge, and they expired, I think, two days later. Two days later. Ah, oh, memories, Jim Henderson. Thank God it's gotten a lot better since then, my friend. Yes, uh, always a great chance to curl up next to the fire and listen to Jim tell great Saints stories like that one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> one of my favorites. It's got to be. Let's hope we have less of that this weekend and maybe another win for the Saints and a winning record. Who'd have thunk, huh? Yep, I'm counting on it. I'm sure you are, too, and so are Saints fans. So it's gotten a whole lot better since that Philadelphia game when I think I was one of many who predicted doom and gloom in the season over, and I'm so glad to be wrong again. Wrong is right here, my friend, and we'll look forward to having you on our radio on Sunday. All the best, and I'll see you at the Dome. Same to you, Sean. Thank you. Voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson with us on the Black and Blue Report. We'll take you to Nashville and ABC two, ABC's ABC 2's Corey Curtis right after this. 
All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. The Pelicans Pick 6 Plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket packages are the only way to score access to the biggest games, including a matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Six game packages start as low as $54. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your Pick 6 Plan today. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back. Let's go to Nashville now and catch up on the Titans. I had to think of the right guy to pick to tell me about the Tennessee Titans. And I went back and I looked toward the Mike Reese family tree of broadcasting from Southern Illinois University. And there was my relative, Corey Curtis, who joins us from WKRN, ABC2 in Nashville. He's also the preseason television play-by-play man for the Titans. So perfect. Corey, you're the winner. Congratulations for your spot here also, on the Black and Blue Report. Also the host of Titans on 2. That's right. Uh, the weekly coaches show, which is now Titans on 2 with Mike Malarkey. And that's a great launching point right there. And I apologize for forgetting that part of the plug there. Uh, but, Corey, uh, a coaching change for the Titans this week has uh, – has us in a bit of a strange game prep mode down here. I can only imagine what it's been like for you all in Nashville this week. Well, it's an interesting situation. Um, I thought he had one more week to actually show something, Um, but apparently going down to Houston, the home of ownership, and watching Zach Mettenberger just get pummeled by the Texans was was more than they could stomach for the rest of the season. Um, And first and foremost, appears to be the health of Marcus Mariota and having a trust in the head coach to make sure through this season healthy. And if you look at the last five years of Ken Wisenhut as a head coach, um, there is not a lot of reason to be confident that Mariota was going to finish this season healthy. Uh, and so it is mission one of this team in the Mike Malarkey era to get through the end of this season with number eight on two feet. I just was curious as to why it was this week, and I think you partially answered the question there, because it was so bad in Houston? Yeah, well, just the the quarterbacks, I think they've been sacked 28 times already. Um, His last five years as a head coach, quarterbacks have been sacked a minimum of 50 times, and he's gone through a minimum of three quarterbacks every year for five years now, or four years closing in on five, um, and, and an absolute stubbornness to change the way they protected the quarterback. 
an absolute unwillingness to keep extra people in to help the offensive linemen um, out and give that quarterback more time. And it, it just it, – it became all about making sure, like I said, number eight, Marcus Mariota, stays healthy. And, you know, Mike Malarkey touched on it as opening presser. He's going to change pass protection. He's making protection more of a priority. And why wouldn't you? I mean, this this appears to be common sense. Sometimes that doesn't prevail in the National Football League. You and I both know that. Um, can we use? Yeah, egos can be large. Yeah, can can we use the Miami example in any way this week, Corey? You know, Miami makes an in-season coaching change, and there was an impact almost immediately. Is yeah, we saw it. Yeah, person. is there any? Oh, that's right, you guys did. Um, is there any reason to believe that the same will happen with the Titans this week? You know, it's an interesting question and one we've thought about um, how much of a difference we can see. That Miami team is a pretty talented football team. There's, there's no question about that. And they came out and they looked like they were playing in fast forward when they came here. I mean, you know, so they clearly had a lot of emotion um, when they played and started playing up to their ability. And there have been a lot of people here including the former head coach, who are banging on the roster and saying the roster's not good enough. And I'm just here to tell you, I don't know how good this roster is because I don't know that it's been properly executed, okay? Because, you know, everybody's killing the offensive line. Um, Andy Levitri was on this offensive line last year. They traded him before the season because he was not good enough. He now starts for Atlanta, who is seven and 7-2. Mm-hmm. Michael Orr started at right tackle last year. He was not good enough for this team. He now starts at left tackle, the undefeated Carolina Panthers. So at some point, I ask, was it the players or was it the scheme? I'm sure it's a little bit of both, but I don't know that the team is quite as bad as it's shown. I mean, they were good when the season started. They have regressed. They regressed last year. So I guess that's my long way of saying, I think that they'll they're going to dumb things down and be more basic, but I think they'll be better for it. How much better? I don't know. I mean, it's an awfully quick turnaround. Do we know yet who will be under center for the Titans this weekend? We don't. Um, I, we're all assuming it's going to be Marcus Mariota because he did practice fully yesterday. Um, but as was mentioned in the presser on Tuesday, the health of Marcus Mariota is first and foremost, and Amy Adams Strunk, the um, the acting owner, the uh, she she even had considered holding Mariota out just to make sure his injury didn't get worse. Mm. So there's real concern about his knee and making sure he's good and he's healthy. They don't want to lose him for a year. Um, so I I would say to me they haven't put a, a a name on it yet. I would say probable, but we'll see what the designation is. I'm going to guess it's going to be questionable when it comes out. Corey Curtis from ABC2 Nashville with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Corey, let's not kid ourselves. This is the NFL. There are still some scholarship players, as they say, on this Titans ball club. Um, so what can they bring to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome on Sunday that would give them a chance to snap this losing streak and, and stop New Orleans' winning streak at this point? Well, I mean, just first look at the defense, Sean. I mean, this is a defense that's been ranked in the top five much of the season, and their pass defense has been excellent. Now, it's going to face arguably the best attack it's seen all year this weekend. So, I mean, it's certainly going to be tested. But this defense is capable of winning games. Jarrell Casey is an excellent defensive lineman. Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan 
are good outside linebackers. And Paris Cox, who is back and healthy this week, has really helped to um, really solidify the secondary with Jason McCourty, who's finally mostly healthy. Uh, so, so that group, they feel good about. That's why Dick LeBeau is not the interim head coach, because they want that group to kind of keep doing what it's doing. And then offensively, where it's been a massive fail, you say they don't have anybody. And I go, well, I don't know if they don't have anybody. Because like what I bought about the offensive lineman. Kendall Wright, two seasons ago, is a thousand receiver. Did he suddenly forget how to play? I don't think so. I think that maybe there are better ways to utilize him. Justin Hunter has been a huge disappointment here in his third year. Now, you go back to his rookie year, he had two 100-yard games. He is capable. He just has to be utilized, and it's also on him to go out and make plays. Delaney Walker at tight end is an excellent football Any team in the NFL would love to have a Delaney Walker. And Antonio Andrews, who's getting a look at running back, is a real thumper. Uh, you know, obviously he's got a long way to go to establish himself, but I know a lot of guys in that locker room who think he is a heck of a football player, and I think you're going to get a good look at him in person. Am I saying this is a Super Bowl roster? No, I'm not. But I'm also <laughs> saying this. They're better than they've shown. Okay. All right. So after watching the Saints and Giants put over 100 on the board last weekend, I'm surmised maybe from our conversation that a decent Tennessee defense uh, and a wreck of a Tennessee offense – uh, maybe we should take the under this weekend between the Saints and the Titans as opposed to last weekend's Saints-Giants affair. Well, you know, you've been around the NFL. <laughs> we just have to see for the Titans if they show up or not. Okay. How do they respond to the coaching change? Because if they can respond to the change positively, then I'll say, yeah, it could be a game because it's the NFL and everybody's got talent. But if they're a team that's a rudderless ship, you know, it could be a disaster just like it was for the Giants' uh, defense. But the Titans can mount a pass rush and they can cover some receivers. So I don't anticipate the Saints scoring 52, but I never say never. And if the Titans can run the football, and I think they're going to emphasize the run game um, and, and hold on to it, you know, they would like to keep this, this is me speculating, they would like to keep this a game into the fourth quarter and take their chances from there. All right, okay. You started in radio, but now you're in television. Are you, are you currently uh, wearing a tie and makeup at this hour? Um, you know what? I've had a great day so far. I took my daughter to school. I took the cat to the vet. And uh, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I'm wearing uh, blue jeans and sandals and, and a T-shirt, and I, and I don't look good. You're kind of a network guy now, aren't you? I mean, that's, that's kind of how you roll. No, no, really not. And, you know, I always did TV, Sean. I just didn't get paid for it. Well, I mean, come on. Think about where you started on those Friday nights. I did. With, yeah, I know. I did. Um, you know what? Those were good. You know, I always credit that for where I am today because, you know, you brought up Mike Reese. Yes. Uh, our old boss. Yes. Uh, he taught me more about being a professional and about being a sports broadcaster than, than the entire rest of my career combined. I, and he, it absolutely has uh, both of us where we are today. Absolutely. Uh, and, by the way, he did not – teach either of us how to apply makeup for camera no 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 it was not or how to con- eat healthy neither was that in the syllabus as well you're right no no it's good to catch up with you i promise i won't wait until the next time the titans and saints play uh to make a <laughs> phone call but i appreciate you coming on with us today sir it's it's always uh, a joy and you know what i wish i was coming down for this game because i'm very interested um 
what we're going to see from the Tennessee Titans, and I'm interested to see what we're going to see from the New Orleans Saints uh, because I think they're 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 kind of in motion, and uh, I want to see where it, where it takes them. I like I like some of their pieces. Um, I, I've always liked Mark Ingram. Um, I'm interested to see what they've got out there at wide receiver, and I'm interested to see how Ben Watson is getting this done. But uh, Drew Brees, like all great quarterbacks, you know, they're, they're like a, a Band-Aid. They cover a lot of warts. Yeah, there was some talk a week or two ago about trading him before the deadline, and I just I just but, laughed. Yeah. I was like, come on. You know, before the season, and I know I'm taking more of my time here, more of your time here than I should. Before the season, we knew Wiz was going to be on the hot seat, so we made our list of possible replacements. And I put Sean Payton on the board because Drew Brees wasn't getting any younger. And you didn't know what his future was there. And he, you know he's going to want to line himself up with a young quarterback. Well, that is now off the board. Because <laughs> Sean Payton has shown he's still a great football coach. And Drew Brees has shown he is still a great NFL quarterback. Yeah, you can't have him, Corey. I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to stick with Mike now for a little bit. <laughs> we, we need anything we can get over here, man. We're three for our last 20. It'll happen. It'll happen. Just not this week, probably. So, uh, Well, if anybody calls down to New Orleans asking for those old bags your fans used to wear, mm-hmm. it'll probably be from Nashville. Okay, fair enough. We can get them there overnight if need be. So. <laughs> right. Corey Curtis from ABC2 in Nashville, of course. Uh, he'll be very busy this weekend in covering the Titans and getting himself ready for the big show on Monday. All the best, Corey. Take care. All right. Thanks, Sean. You bet. Back in a moment to wrap up the program. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Pelicans guard Drew Holiday, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. If you see Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry today, sing happy birthday. Number one, because that'd be obnoxious, but number two is because it's his birthday. 61 years young today. Alvin Gentry show is yours tonight on the flagship for the Pelicans radio network. That's WRNO 99.5 FM. The Pelicans are hopefully... Uh, getting the most out of these uh, two days of practice and in position to get a win. How about that? The first of the season tomorrow night against the Atlanta Hawks. We'll talk to Coach about that tonight. Drew Holiday, Pelicans point guard, spoke a little bit about it after practice yesterday. This offense, when you guys watch it, what do you see that's not working? Um, I think we try to rush it too much in the first half. Uh, we try to force too much, which we just kind of got to let it come to us. and. Again, it's different from in practice than in the game because, you know, you're playing against uh, people I guess you're unfamiliar with, which in practice, I mean, defense knows what the offense is doing, offense knows what the defense is doing. But uh, I think sometimes we kind of try to force the issue too much, which we just got to let it come to us. And then usually in the second half, um, we slow down, we calm down, and we play better. So. 
Coach has talked a lot of, in the last day or so about having more movement in offense. How do you guys get more ball movement or more guys cutting and slashing and stuff like that? Again, I, just off of not trying to force it, not trying to force the issue where um, trying to make it, trying to make something out of out of nothing. Um, you see pretty much the offense is built to whatever the defense gives you, play off that, swing it to the other side, and uh, I think we're trying to force it. Me personally, I think I'm trying to force it a little bit too much starting off again. You're a UCLA guy, there's the famous old John Wooden thing, be quick but don't hurry. Is there a thing when you're trying to play fast, is it hard to adjust to, to playing fast but also letting things happen, letting things play out? Um, I guess I really just think that uh, – we have to we have to calm down but make quick decisions. So when 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 we swing the ball and the ball is passed to us, it's to make a quick decision. Uh, sometimes we might we might catch the ball and hold it and wait for something, but instead uh, that way that's how we have to be we have to be a lot quicker uh, with our decision making. But again, starting off we got to get there. Um, again, just looking at film, uh, I know when I was in the game the first six minutes it was just like. I was trying to force the offense to go, and that's not how it's built. It's built to kind of work its own stuff out. So, is that the thinking that you're trying to beat them in transition? That you're kind of forcing it more? I mean, if you, if you, if you, if you, uh, what what is that? I think it's just me just trying to again, just trying to make, make something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, even if I have, uh, I don't know, two guys in front of me and. Um, I, I see that the rim is, is clogged, the paint paint's clogged. Mm -hmm. um, I still try to go in there. Mm -hmm. um, that's not really a smart play, especially when you got uh, three people in there protecting the paint. So, again, that's where you just have to slow down and everybody has to get to the spots. And spacing is key, too. Um, mm -hmm. Once we slow down, our spacing is a lot better, and, and it really does open up the floor. But um, I think that's going to help out AD and Ryan in the post, where uh, in the beginning it's just so clogged in the paint. Uh, their defense, I mean, because of our offense, though, because we're not in the right space. And then instead of me being um, all the way in the corner, I'm up two steps higher, which can bring my man in and help off. So it's uh, it's something that we're just going to have to calm ourselves down and begin the games and, and really get used to. It won't be easy. Atlanta's off to a good start. Then you play at Dallas in a back-to-back. -back. It's going to be a tough weekend. We told you all along that these first two months um, would be the toughest in the NBA. And the injury problems have only exacerbated that problem. But we are hopeful. We are hopeful. And we'll see you tomorrow night, of course, at the Smoothie King Center. Tomorrow, uh, to uh, help us get ready for the uh, battle between the Pelicans and the Hawks, um, we've got Steve Holman, it looks like, the voice of the Atlanta Hawks, uh, scheduled to join us tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Kevin Harlan, who will be calling the Saints-Titans game for CBS this weekend, also on tomorrow's show. And we'll relive... Uh, the memories with Anthony Mackey's uh, NBA play-by-play -play debut from the Smoothie King Center on Tuesday night. We'll share that tape with you tomorrow as well. Thanks again to John DeShazer today, Jim Henderson, of course, Corey Curtis uh, from ABC2 in Nashville, and to you for listening to our broadcast here from Airline Drive. For Daniel Sowers and I'm Sean Kelly. This has been the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans for Black and Blue. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.